Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend this hour with us. So I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and empower people, especially adults, to own their voice that come in so many different forms. So this space was created to talk with people with all different jobs, hobbies, and interests, and have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to talk to musicians, Reiki masters, mediums, doctor, lawyer, real estate agents, and so many more. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as their soul's essence, courage, imagination, basically all that we are and wanna be. So sharing these stories expands one's thinking and opens up self-expression to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. My inspiring guest for today is Tammy Collins. Tammy is a creative visionary who struggled for years to find her purpose. Despite many successes, she always felt like something was missing. She found a path to move out of the fear of suffering from imposter syndrome and perfectionism and into thriving while living her passion. Tammy, welcome to the space. Hey, Hollis. Hey, I was like, where is she? No, I was here, but I was listening. It says on the thing, it says today's podcast and it, and it was, I guess, a different one. So I was like stuck in there. I'm like, how do I get out of here? Oh my God. With that, okay. Bridget. It says October 20th is with Bridget. And I'm like, wait, I'm not Bridget. <laughs> Bridget? That's bizarre. What the heck? Maybe it's like last October 20th. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Regardless, I am so happy that you're here. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. This is such an honor. I am so happy that you're here. So I just read like a really brief little bit about you. Um, Maybe tell a little bit about your story wherever you want that to lead, and then we'll expand further in the conversation. Wow. Um, you know, it's <laughs> funny. Yesterday, I, I talked to an old friend, and she said something to me that really uh, caught me off guard. And she said, you're like my local celebrity. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it was just so odd that someone viewed me that way that I knew. Um, and it just really uh, hit me kind of from a strange vantage point, right? We don't see ourselves the way other people see us. And so that was really interesting. Um, but I guess when you're, when you're somebody who is, you know, living your life sort of in full throttle, you know, you're breaking down barriers and you're accomplishing things, I guess other people do see you that way. So it was, it was kind of a unique and um, humbling moment, but also it felt very gratifying uh, in a way. Yeah. But uh, my story is very long and very complicated. <laughs> um, you know, I've had a very mixed background, uh, which is kind of ironic because I think that's actually 
what had to happen for me to be able to do what it is I do today. And, uh, you know, you go from a kid exploring, you know, you're artistic, you're creative, you're pushing those boundaries and you end up taking a whole bunch of different paths. So for me, I, I was, um, making things from an early age and selling them and, of course, tried to then fit into the traditional mold of traditional jobs of sort of the nine to five space, you know, and uh, ended up um, painting murals and having my own uh, business where I did um, extensive murals, high info finishing, which led into interior design, which led into working for a high end remodeler. Uh, in that role, he wanted me to be a marketing director. And so that sort of weird path um, culminated into what it is I do now. And along the way, I had many, many different businesses that I was exploring with and experimenting with and testing and trying things um, all the while to figure out that my genius zone is turning the ideas into a business which was a, a hard thing to figure out. But the moment that I figured it out, it was so gratifying because I was like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense now. <laughs> but it was very heartbreaking along the way, right? Can you imagine? Mm -hmm. You know, I, st I started a magazine, which was fantastic. Everybody loved it. It was a great thing. And I, a after about a year and a half, I went, okay, well, I I'm kind of bored with this now. Mm -hmm. it, and it wasn't about it was about the fact that I had a concept, an idea that I needed to bring to life. And that was what I kept practicing over and over and over again. And um, it's why it's why I'm so good at what I do now, really. Um, but it was just a, a really crazy path. <laughs> and it left me with a lot of really horrible um, personal issues to deal with, right? Like, I had so many fears and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't please people or why I was so unhappy. All these strange things because I was sort of caught in no man's land, unsure of what it was I was trying to do or what I was supposed to be doing. And uh, that was a really neat journey though, now that I look back on it and I'm actually grateful for it. Yeah. If you would have said that to me five or six years ago, I would have probably threw darts at you. <laughs> <laughs> because I was so unhappy, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. But like things that I'm kind of hearing from you are um, this whole concept of perspectives, um, societal concepts mm -hmm. and like journey. Yeah. That's kind of like what's jumping out at me. Um, yeah. And I'm really excited to dive in more um, as we have this conversation and this title that I put to the, our conversation, exploring non-traditional paths and unlocking your superpower. Like you are in just the little bit that you put out there already, like you are queen, um, in this area. Uh, so I can't wait to dive in more. Yeah. I'm so, looking forward to it. Whew, okay. So <laughs> let's start with our, would you rather question? So as I was kind of scrolling through, I'm like, which one is it going to be? So this is the one I came up for you. Okay. Would you rather go up to the sky and t go to the highest point that you could or to the deepest part of the ocean? Oh. Okay. Well, first of all, I have a fear of falling <laughs> and I'm claustrophobic. So <laughs> 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 Those are like, you know, um, 
you know, I probably would say as high as I could go. Um, just because you could see more. So in the deepest oceans, it's too dark. So you're, there's an invisible boundary, it, at least in my imagination. So I, I would feel like I was in a box. Um, but going as high as you can, there's so much more to see. It almost makes me think of that movie with, I can't remember the name, the one with Robin Williams where he explore, like explored um, like living art, like everything looked like it was art. What the heck was that called? What movie was that? Oh my God. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, it's all, that's what I thought, what came to my mind mm -hmm. right away when, when you said the, the highest point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that kind of that perspective of seeing. What dreams yeah. may come. What dreams may come. Oh, I never saw that. Oh, you have to see that. Okay. I'll put it. I'll write it down now. Was that where his wife died? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's sad, but. Yeah, but it's good but good okay have to be prepared to cry so okay mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah and i just thought of when you said like the ocean is dark it's i thought of like in um i don't know if it's finding nemo but like that that angular fish or whatever that had like the lights i mean it's pretty yeah. amazing yeah. how nature adapts and like what is done in like where you live and what your environment is mm. But um, yeah, I, I, I would agree in seeing the most that you could see. I'm there with you. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So let's dive into it. And okay. Tammy, how do you define creativity? Well, uh, I'm not sure there's any one sing single answer for this, but if I had to make it super short, I would say creativity is living, right? So I feel like everyone is an artist and your life is kind of your canvas and every day you're making a new piece of art. That's the shortest and easiest way I think I can explain it. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to go deeper, but yes, I totally, that whole concept that we actually shape our lives, that we, yeah. that we make choices that even when you might be like, what are you talking about? all as a Tammy, like these things happen to me. It's not that I had a choice in that. You think I would want to choose that? Right. But it's that whole react respond in, mm -hmm. to me, it's like, how do you, how do you react? How do you respond? Are you reacting? And when something isn't going the way that you want it to go and um, creating fear, anxiety, um, anger, resentment, all of those things, or are you taking a breath and stepping back and saying, okay, I'm going to respond. I'm going to choose to respond in a different way. That doesn't make me feel so crappy. Mm. Mm. That's a great point. Um, it, it, expectations is the, is the overriding problem, right? Whether we decide what we want ahead of time. So then you're sort of trying to craft the outcome, right? And then that's why we get frustrated or disappointed and that's where some problems come in or the expectations could be subconscious and they've, they've been placed on you through your, you know, ideology that's developed from your parents and your society or whatever else. Um, but that's where true creativity comes in. When you have the ability to actually remove boundaries, whatever they may look like, or, you know, in some, in the simplest form, 
time is a boundary, right? So everybody in society is driven like, oh, it's time for breakfast, it's time for lunch, we have to go here, we have to do this now, this has to happen now. We have, If you can remove those boundaries, that's mm-hmm. where creativity starts to happen. Mm-hmm. It's extremely difficult to do because we're a culture of everything is predefined for us. Yeah. And that's the internal conflict that we have. Mm. Yeah, it's this whole societal concepts, which I kind of want to circle back to what you said in the beginning when uh, the friend that you hadn't spoke to in a while said that you are like her local celebrity and it kind of throws you and it's this whole, because it's this perspective thing, right? Like how we see ourselves is one way, how other people view us is another and you're breaking and I'm going to have you go into it. I know when you go into podcasts, you talk about this, you know, you're asked to talk about what you do in this, um, you know, this huge venture that you've done. Um, I kind of want to hear about you as like a whole person in your, but it's yeah. In our actions can somehow define, I I don't want to say define, but in other people's eyes define us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's been an, an interesting journey. So, I mean, the, the whole thing around the time and the boundaries has really become quite prevalent to me lately. Um, you know, when you're in control of your own life and your own business and, and how you earn your earnings and how you execute your days, you've removed all those boundaries. And so you suddenly have this newfound freedom and it's quite euphoric. Um, and I find that the most amazing things come out of that space, but it can also be unsettling because we've grown up in a space where everything is supposed to fit a certain structure. It's supposed to look a certain way. It's supposed to look, you know, work is supposed to look like nine to five, you know, go here, do this, you know? And so when you, when you break free of all that, it, it can be a little unsettling, but if you embrace it, it becomes the most amazing thing. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like I just, as you were saying that I was thinking of, well, there were two things I was thinking of, but it came to mind, like our daughter um, just went to for gap year stuff. She went to Costa Rica for six weeks and um, doing, working with a group, doing things with turtles and beach cleanup and all this kind of stuff. Amazing experience. But it's just interesting because I found that, you know, in the nice cities, people are like, oh, so how are the kids? And oh, so um, she go to she's in college. I'm like, no, she's in Costa Rica. <laughs> and they're like, really? Yeah. And it's this whole conversation. And then, well, what is she going to do when she gets back? And right, part, because part they're, of- they're going by what's what their brain has determined is what is the right course of action. And your yes. daughter is pushing and exploring boundaries, right? She removes some of them to go explore. That's fantastic. And part of me is like, well, what's it to you? <laughs> <laughs> like, is it your life? Like, what do you have to worry about that? <laughs> She's our daughter. And it's, yeah. um, that's like the defensive mama, mama right. bear part. Yeah. Um, but then there's the looking at that whole societal part. It just stops and makes me think. I'm like, yeah. Because even though it's you hear gap year more often and it's well, it's traditionally thought of, well, okay, you do this for a certain amount of time and then 
what's the because it's gap year <laughs> and then what's the plan after that and then i usually add well she might not go to college we'll see and right. people are kind of like huh <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> but um i thought of that when you said that and then i also thought of um in saying time freedom and when you are an entrepreneur and you have your own business it is incredibly freeing. How do you respond to people who are like, yeah, I've made this choice, but I'm not bringing in the money. <laughs> and well, <laughs> which is, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> that is a whole other topic. But I mean, as you well, I mean, you know, but um, the, the, the response that I usually have to that is that if they're not bringing in money, they're not, they're most likely making the wrong decisions, number one. And number two, they aren't connected to their passion. So the problem when people become entrepreneurs is they're kind of stuck in their own jar and they have a great idea, right? And they have all these wonderful ingredients. The problem is, is they haven't figured out the right recipe yet. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is, in the simplest example, you might think you make these decadent chocolate chip cookies, but in reality, your perfect client goes, oh my God, those are amazing brownies. Mm -hmm. And so there's this huge disconnect between what you think you offer and what the right client, the one that aligns with you, sees. And until that lines up perfectly, you're going to struggle getting clients. And that's why you're not making any money. And this all goes back to branding, mm -hmm. um, which is why I do what I do. Um, but it's almost impossible as a human being to do branding by yourself. And the reason is, is that we as humans are not wired that way. We cannot see ourselves as others see us. Then there, there's a, an additional layer of problems there because most entrepreneurs now are dancing around a personal brand and combining that in a business form. The danger here is that a personal you're one as an individual, you're multidimensional. I mean, you have so many layers. And so when you're trying to create a personal brand, that's a business, they're, they're jumbling up all of those layers. And it's very confusing for the client, the desired client to understand what it is you solve for them. <laughs> they might be attracted to you and all your wonderfulness, but it's a big jumbled chaotic mess sometimes. And so this is why you can't get the client or why the money's not coming in because the client's over here going, well, I'm kind of intrigued, but I can't grab onto anything. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, then they're kind of going, well, how are they going to help me? I mean, this is, of course, all subconscious thought. It's not, you know, it's not something that if you even ask them, they would even be able to answer. Um, but because I studied marketing and psychology at a deeper level, I understand all of what's at play here. And yeah. so this is the big problem why entrepreneurs struggle because the reality is, is they're bootstrapping it, right? They're, they're trying to make this leap typically from punching a clock and then going on their own. So, you know, it's, it's bootstrapping what I call it. It's skimming from your grocery bill. It's skimming from wherever you can to try to make this work. So they're operating from the get-go in a scarcity mindset, which is a huge problem for starting mm -hmm. a business but mm -hmm. it's also very natural and it's a very difficult one to to maneuver um, mm -hmm. but therein lies 
sort of the root of the problem. So they're skipping corners, they're, they're cutting out things that need to be addressed. And what happens is the foundation isn't built properly. So until the foundation is built properly, nothing can go on top of it. And that's kind of it in a nutshell. Um, and yeah. it's also the hardest thing for people to understand. Uh, branding is not about a logo and colors. Of course, that's a layer an outcome, something that comes from branding work, but branding work goes much deeper and builds every detail of the, the foundation. I like to explain it like this. When someone says Disney, the first thing that comes to people's mind is they get an overwhelming feeling. They have emotions. They have a sense of, uh, their heart sort of beats. They, they have visions. They have memories. There's all these things and emotions that come flooding forward, right? Why? Because the Disney's primary objective is to make people happy. Yeah. They've done branding so well that they've created deep experiences that go into multiple genres. So even if you've never been to Disney, you still get the same emotions because it's in every product that they put out. So that isn't just about a logo or colors. That's about an experience that's been imprinted into the client's brain so much so that it evokes emotions. Yeah. That's how branding works. Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole, yeah. Like your Disney Nike. It's, it's, it's that feeling, you know, Apple. Um, how does it make you feel? How does it, right. when, when, when my husband and I went to, um, whatever it is, the uh, Disney place in California. Yeah. Um, so we got tickets to go. We lived out there for a little bit. We got tickets to go before we came home. And both of us are like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And we're there and we're like, God, they even tell you where to take a picture, you know, picture shot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we, got, we kind of went in as like negative Nancy's. And then all of a sudden we're like dancing around, like having fun. We're like, right. oh my God, what do they put in the air here? Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what do what? they put in the air here though? That's a really great point because <laughs> I usually talk about branding as being the effervescence, right? It's all encompassing. It wraps all of your senses. That's when you really get to the pinnacle of branding. That's a really great story and example. <laughs> we were just like, oh, take a picture here, take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they got us. But yeah, yeah, what you're saying is so true. It's that um, how does brand make you feel? Yeah. And I can say, like, Tammy did my branding, and it's true. It's like going to these deeper levels of things beyond you just think about, oh, I like the color purple. I like the right. color. No, no. Yeah. This is about who are you and uh, right. your and your why. Yeah, and which is also quite the quite the struggle, right? Because typically an entrepreneur, right? They they're not thinking about any of that, right? So sometimes when I start working with clients, they become overwhelmed a little bit, right? Because they're suddenly going, "Oh wait, I didn't realize this was what branding was all about," right? So it, it it's it, it's a process. You have to go through it. There's there's emotional ups and downs, and you have to work through it, and you kind of have to get to the place where you understand exactly who you are, what your mission is, what you're trying to do. Um, but when you reach that point, you have such a connection with what you're doing that it almost exudes from you. And it makes you kind of irresistible. Um, that's really yeah. the ultimate outcome of doing good branding work. 
So connection, it's doing the work. It's like therapy, you know, or mm. something where people are really knowing yourself on the inside. A lot of people avoid it because you're right. like, do I really want to know myself? Right. Or, That's really uncomfortable. That doesn't make me feel good. Um, right. Or how, what are people going to think? And all of those things, which right. uh, a lot of times we skirt around that until we're ready to do that deep dive and it's life-changing. Yes. Yes, it is life changing. It really is. And, and that comes from my own personal experiences where I sort of had my aha moment where I was like, oh, my gosh. OK, my clients are literally me. I don't want them to have to struggle and go through all that suffering that I just went through for like three decades. So <laughs> yeah. how can I help them get where I got quicker, faster, better and maybe with a little bit less heartache? And that's sort of why I ended up stepping out on my own. I'll never forget. I was sitting around the table with a, I was working for a, a university and, and sitting around a table with several doctors in, in their field. And um, I, I just sort of had this moment of like, oh my God, this is the wrong. I don't, I don't want to be here. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I want to go help the, the people that were like me. I want to help those people. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's I mean, interesting. We're our own best clients. So, I mean, so often that's what drives us is, well, I've been through all this stuff. And just like you said, I want to shorten the window of time that somebody else has to go through it and make it a little easier um, in ways that you can in order to get them to that outcome, which is basically, you know, joy and happiness or what, however you want to define that. Um I can understand like when I got the piece of paper three years ago when I was working my uh, being an art teacher for 30 years and I um, got the piece of paper saying, are you coming back in the fall? And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming back in the fall. Um, yeah. There needs to be a change like you. I was like, I want to go out and work with adults in this whole adulting thing yeah. and why we didn't hire ourselves joy and happiness because we're stuck in a hamster wheel. Um, so when that feeling hits and it's like strong, it's like, <sighs> there can be lots of emotions I think attached to it or words, but um, overall it's like freedom. Yeah. Well, I think it makes us face all our fears is really what happens because you can't, you, you, you kind of know you want to sort of jump off that cliff but now you got to go, oh, well, I'm afraid of heights. I don't know how to, you know, I'm afraid of change. I'm you start to challenge yourself in all those areas. And, you know, there's a, th that saying that I'll probably butcher, but until you sort of step out of your comfort zone, you, you know, you can't really grow. And that's really what's happening. You know, you're at the point where you're ready to grow. You know, you need to make the changes, but you're now you've got to sort of fight yourself through all these little barriers that you've put up and and sort of bust through them and it's it's hard it's unnerving it's scary it's challenging it's you know it's it, every emotion sort of comes up but if you believe in yourself enough and you're passionate enough you can push through and get around it and you might need some help you know there's a lot of great coaches out there for for those types of things to help you work through some of that but um that's where you really grow and expand. This is where you just said the word and I was going to ask you before we moved on to the second question. And first, I actually want to acknowledge people that are here with us live. Thank you so much for being here. Um, any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box below. We appreciate you being here. Um, is the word passion. So mm. I wanted to ask you what that means to you 
first I'll start with that. Okay. What does passion mean to me? Mm -hmm. Passion is doing what you are heart led to do. Passion is that thing that you just can't let go of. Mm. And most people spend their lives not living their passion. And I feel like you're just dying a little bit every day when you do that. And that's why they're so unhappy. Because when you were saying that whole thing of prior to this question, you were like, you know, we face ourselves with and all this stuff comes up. But when that stuff comes up, I really see it as living. Mm -hmm. Once we burst through all of that negative, you know, the potential negative self-talk and all of that where you could live in. Yeah. And, and like you're saying, not expand. You could be like, oh, yeah, I suck. You know, what do I really have to offer to the world? Oh, my God. Right. When I was three, this happened. And I can't move forward because of that. And yeah. um, But when you burst through, like with these superpowers, when you realize what your superpower is and this passion is, maybe they're not the same thing or maybe they're intertwined, is then it's just like, you know, I just got a vision of like the movie, The Incredibles, you know, yeah. <laughs> just kind of like the kid that runs super fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a, a great analogy. I mean, I use it all the time, the superhero thing, right? Because basically that's what's happening. You're learning what is your superpower. Once you figure out what your superpower is, then you need to know, okay, here's where branding comes in. What does your super suit look like? How did... How do you present yourself to the world? How does the world see you and your superpower? How do you put that superpower into play? Once you figure that all out and have that, you wear your super suit proudly. And then you can go out and now you can begin to be the change and drive whatever it is your mission is, right? But until you can do that and own that proudly and have unbelievable clarity around it, right? So that's that's the other big thing. When you go back to the jar thing, you know your ingredients, but there's there's you're struggling. Typically people are stuck because they don't the clarity is all jumbled up. Mm -hmm. They can't quite put their finger on it. Um, they know what they think they do, but it's it's not crystal clear. Mm -hmm. uh, and so being able to sort of wear that super suit proudly and be able to go out and then affect people and what happens is it sort of you're you're now overflowing right when you're living your passion and doing what you're supposed to be doing you're you're sort of overflowing with uh joy and when that happens now you're affecting other people which is like a ripple effect because now you can impact your community when you when you're overflowing you can help other people to be abundant and overflow and that creates a ripple effect when you're when you're not full of passion and joy you're, you're draining. You're, you can't possibly help others. Right. Right. Yeah. I had, um, so my uncle was a fine artist. Uh, he was a painter and my father, uh, later in life, uh, became a photographer. Um, a lot of, uh, ocean, uh, views and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, I remember walking into the house as an adult and my father was arguing with my uncle. And it was one of arguments that I grew up with <laughs> about fine art and <laughs> art that people want to actually purchase. And um, my uncle was of the lowest vibes that could be. <laughs> he was just like so self-deprecating. Nobody understands me. They wouldn't buy my art, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. 
And then my father would be yelling, Sheldon, what's your problem? You know, you're so cheap. You won't even come over and see me. You won't pay the $2 to come over the bridge. Like <laughs> this, this whole, like, it was always this argument of like this uh, worthiness basically. Mm. And it was so sad because I have to say like not to get dark, but we lost contact with my uncle like mm. many years ago. But when he passed, there wasn't even a funeral for him. Ah. Which I only say that because it's like, talk about not leaving a mark. Right. And not like thinking good, well enough of yourself in order to want to be able to have that ripple effect. Yeah. To be of service and reach others. It's just a shame. Again, not to get dark, but it's. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do, I do find a very common thread among creatives, artists. Uh, there's a sense of validation that they seek that's of an upper echelon, right? I mean, it's it's this constant, you know, they, they're seeking validation for their work. And when they aren't getting it, it is so devastating. Um, and, and, you know, you, and you, you know this too, when you study mm -hmm. artists throughout history, this is a very prominent, common right theme and it uh, it's very interesting topic to to explore um wh yeah. why there's such a need for validation yeah yeah so but let's move into this <laughs> let's move into the second question which is going to lead more into your ripple effect which is um how do you incorporate creativity into your own life mm. Well, um, <laughs> because I because I believe that uh, creativity is about removing uh, boundaries, uh, which is closely tied to expectations and giving yourself the freedom to explore. Um, I literally did that in my life. So I was very unhappy, um, like most creatives and artists, and. I knew that I needed to make a change. So I began this huge process of literally changing my life step by step by step. And the ultimate culmination of that was what's now called my live your passion uh, and building your passion conquest map. It's my process, how I did all of that in a very methodical way that others can execute and you build your passion conquest map so that you can live the life you dream about. So that's what I literally did. And it's culminated in us moving across country and buying this beautiful place that we have now. And I'm creating an experiential place so that others can explore their creativity, even if it's just for a week or, you know, a day or whatever that is. It's about creating this space. And one of my big requirements for finding our property was that it had to feel magical from the moment you began the, the approach. Mm -hmm. And that's a very tall order. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because we had gone on vacation one year years ago. And when we went to turn into the property, the moment you turned, there was this sense of magic. And I kept saying, this is what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And I've been so blessed to find this place that um, when you start the ascent from a couple miles out, you begin to feel it and it just builds and builds and builds till you get here. 
And the point to all that is, is that I'm creating a space that ultimately will foster the arts. We will have um, shows, gallery events, live performing events, you know, sculptural gardens and all these wonderful things that are designed to help promote the arts. That's sort of my bigger long-term uh, picture. Um, but yeah. the space itself, just coming here is, I'm trying to craft it so that it fosters that sense of freedom with no boundaries. So our guests don't even have access to Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. And I did that deliberately and everybody keeps fighting me on it. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> they can unplug for a, you know, a weekend, a week. They don't need it 24 seven. You know, I'm trying to remove those boundaries so that they can, mm -hmm get in touch with themselves and sort of explore and have that sense of freedom. Um, I'm so ecstatic. Our guest this weekend, he proposed to her here and I'm like, it was so validating, right? Talk about validation because I'm like, Oh my gosh, they saw this as that type of a place. It was magical to them. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. So that was just, just for me was so unbelievably satisfying. Oh my gosh, that just gave me goosebumps. I know, right? It was so amazing. And then I was kind of ticked because, you know, the guy arranged everything. And I'm like, why didn't he tell me he was going to do this? I would have put roses in there. I would have put all, you know, I had no idea. So, but it was really great. Uh, it was just, it was, it was just so validating for me. I was just completely humbled and ecstatic. And it was just so emotional for me, but. But I think there's a few things I want to say. Like, I remember when you like were showing this video of just purchasing the property yeah. and you showed literally in the car ride and you were giving, you know, the camera was on the road yeah. and you were giving, you know, the voiceover of yeah. what you were seeing, what you were feeling. Yeah. And so you were capturing that moment, which was really cool to kind of be on that winding path with you. Yeah. Um, which I thought was brilliant to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was just, it was brilliant to really have, uh, from the perspective of the camera right. and what you're seeing, uh, you were focusing on driving, right. but, um, that, and that emotion, and you kind of stopped it when you were going to get out and open up the gates. It's kind of right. like tune in for more later. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I was just like, this is such a pivotal moment. I need to record this. I don't know what I'm going to do with it later, but I just need to capture it. And then I have another video that I remember from when we, the, the reason we were able to get this property is because it was listed incorrectly. So it was listed as only being five acres and it's really just <laughs> under 30 acres. God. And so we kept dismissing it because we were trying to get 10 or more because mm -hmm. of our bigger plans. And so it kept showing up in our search though, which is the really funny part about how the universe, if you really follow every detail of this, you can clearly see the chess moves that made us come here. Mm -hmm. um, but we kept dismissing it. There, our first trip out here, we were over much closer to Nashville and this property is a little over an hour away and it kept coming up in our search engine and, or you know, our search and I kept dismissing it. And through a long chain of crazy events, uh, we had purchased something and it fell through and whatever. And it was literally across the river from right here where we are. Mm -hmm. And so I said, let's just start over. We know what we want. Let's just back it up. And so this property came up again. And I said, you know what? It's five acres. Maybe it can work. Who knows? Let's just go look at it. It's right across the river. 
So I called the agent on the way over and asking her some questions. And I was like, it seems kind of priced high for five acres. And she's like, five acres. She's like, it's like 30 acres. I'm like, oh, well, that makes a lot more sense then. So I was like, well, you know, the listing, it says it's only five. And she's like, oh, no. And I was like, oh, all right. So it's available. She's like, yeah, yeah, go up and look at it. You know, you here's how you get in the gate and everything. And so I have a video of us when we you come in the, the gate you know, you have to drive up the mountain and then like the main gate is sort of at the top and then you kind of come in and you go down again and there's two road choices and you take the one road and it goes out to the point. Well, that was the first thing we saw. We went out to the point, we get out of the car. Neither of us are really saying anything because we're just sort of like flabbergasted at this amazing view. So I hit record and I'm just sort of like sort of recording a pan view of everything and I kind of run across Ed and he goes, shit, hun, this is what we wanted to come to Tennessee for. Like, and I caught that on camera. It's so funny, but, um, and, and we're just kind of looking at each other going, we can buy this. Like this could be ours. Like it was just crazy. It's just totally crazy. I still sort of wake up every day and sort of go, is this real? Like, am I in a vortex or it's right. It's crazy. So there's a few things on that that I wanted. So you were actually kept showing up in the search engine. So it's this whole thing of paying attention. It's, right. To me, I got this vision of like a fly kind of like going around you and you're swatting it. You're like, just what? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it kept showing up. So yeah. it's if people take the time. So listeners, people with this here live and catching the replay, paying attention to things that are actually going on in your life instead of dismissing them. Right. Like, think about how different your life could be if you're actually um, taking cues right. in those directions that you do want to go. Because somebody could say you could see all the negative and see all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of positive that's out there that's kind of nudging at you. But you might be like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, so first of all, you listen to that. But I want to be able to, because we're getting to the top of the hour soon and we have like so much to talk about. It's crazy. But as you are creating this space on this mountain, I mean, talk about bringing creativity into your own life. I mean, Tammy, you are like cutting wood. <laughs> you are right. you are building houses. Yeah. You are figuring out electrical systems. I yeah. mean, t tell us a little bit about like, yeah. like just one day, a day in a life. Well, it's it's funny. I mean, it, it's a difficult process, and so many people would think, "Oh my God, they're crazy." I mean, people don't realize that, you know, there was a period of time that we were living here without running water or plumbing that happened, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was a necessary part of the plan. I mean, of course we could have went and rented and stayed somewhere else, but that's doesn't allow you to connect with the property and understand it and know where to put things and why to put them where you put them. You have to get to know the land. And uh, for us, it was a, cho a choice that we made to sort of bond with our land. And, um, you know, we were taking showers with solar, uh, you know, you collect the water in a bag and heat it with the sun. Like that's how we were taking showers for a period of time. Um, but it was fun. You know, we, we, we chose to see the positive in it. We could have solved the negative and said, this is, you know, why are we doing this is ridiculous. But for us, it was a journey. It was part of what we were supposed to be doing and it had to happen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was interesting because, 
you know, I, I, I jokingly and lovingly refer to my husband as a city boy because he doesn't, you know, he, he kind of grew up in a city type environment. So he ha- it doesn't have a lot of sort of the working with raw land, you know, mindset, if you will. So for him, things were very scary. You know, we, we have to d- had to devise water collection system. And he was extremely intimidated by that. And I'm going, look, they collected water from the dawn of time. This isn't rocket science here. You know, we can figure this out. It's not, you know, and everything doesn't have to be as you perceive it to be going back to the perception, right? There's a million different ways to collect water. I mean, if you break it down to a a principle, you, you, you have a container that somehow holds and collect water and then you treat it. So you could imagine you can do that lots of different ways. And so he was resistant for a very long time. And then finally, uh, you know, I sort of came up with a way to do it. And then, you know, he put his stamp on it and sort of made it come to life. And he used his creativity, you know, and it's something that he wasn't in his nine to five that he had or nine to nine, really, that he had spent so many years in, he was never really allowed to use his creativity. Mm. And so he was being able to come back in touch and, and explore those things again. And, and you know, it was uh, quite, um, uh, you know, a revelation for him, really. I mean, so we had to do that with everything, you know. There's a, every day is a challenge. There's always some problem that's magnified because you're on a mountain, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, so, uh, yes. Weather, weather, weather. Oh my God. That's a whole other subject. Yeah. So just imagine, okay, you're in an area where you have intense thunderstorms to begin with. Well, then put your, yourself up over a thousand feet in the air inside the storm. It's even more intense. So, uh, you know, coming from New Jersey, that that was quite a um, I think I still have a little PTSD around, (laughs) (laughs) you know, lightning hit the mountain right up from our house and blew out the uh, Wi-Fi. Um, There was a tree that fell and missed our house. I'm not kidding you by one inch and yet didn't damage anything. Um, I mean, just uh, there was a we had a this um, March we had 14 inches of rain in like a 12 hour span. It was unbelievable. And so there was a bunch of mountain slides, um, like down before where we are. So that, you know, things like that are a little unnerving. Cause I'm going, Oh my God, are we going to slide off the mountain? Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, it's just a lot of things. It's a lot to take in, you know, the first year when you start <laughs> listing out all the things. And then of course, you know, you have some tornado warnings that are pop up all the time and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's a little crazy, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't change it at all. I mean, I really wouldn't. It's uh, you just have to, you know, use your creativity and figure out how to how to maneuver all those things. Because uh, what I was just hearing too was like problem solving. It's like problem solving continuously, which is what we do all the time anyway. We're like deciding where things go. What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? In this context, it's like these different decisions of how are we going to create a water collection system? What's it going to look like? But And so for us, that's really a big challenge because I'm I'm a high level problem solver. It's just in my nature. I do it constantly. It just is part of who I am. It's part of my makeup. I solve problems for other people without them even. It's just who I am. And and Ed is a little more reserved and he solved problems in a different capacity before. So he just 
constantly felt a little bit like a fish out of water for a while. Uh, but he's exercising those muscles and coming back in touch with his ability to problem solve. So, um, but yeah, it, it, and that goes back to what I'm talking about, that creativity is living, right? If you're living and you're removing all of the constraints that are predefined and you're exploring what you, your thoughts, your take on it, your imprint, what you see, that's being creative. And that can come out in, you know, preparing your family dinner or how you garden or how you do your work. It, it isn't necessarily a, a specific creativity isn't about just art you know it, it's about how you do things yeah yeah and it, it's like this newness in the situation that in your particular circumstance that you're being presented with it's can be uncomfortable you can see it in many different ways i'm sure there's lots of different emotions it could be uncomfortable it could be exciting it could be joyful it could be overwhelming like all of these feelings yeah. and then when you bring it back to these also like non-traditional paths when you were saying it's how you choose to live it's really internalizing and understanding that your choice doesn't have to look like somebody else's choice. And right. it so often isn't going to feel good if you're just following the societal perception. Um, certain ways it's going to be like, oh, cool. I never thought of it that way. That that could be fun to try. And you do that. But if it comes with the energy of, oh, God, okay, this is the way you do it. So I'll do it. It's totally different. Yeah. Yeah. It is completely different. So you don't have to be traditional. <laughs> Explore these non-traditional paths. Like own your talents. Like take that time to go in. Right. Yeah. Well, it's always funny. I mean, I always find when whenever the topic of creativity comes up, and you you know, I mean, you know this at a higher level, but whenever that topic comes up, people immediately go to, oh, well, I can't draw or I can't oh paint. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, why does that have to be? <laughs> that is, that's a, like a teeny tiny little branch of what creativity is. I'm like, so you don't, you, I mean, you even I, I, anything, anything. And it's so funny when you, when you, really get to that sort of that crux of, you know, uh, just who you are and how you do it, that in and of itself is creativity. Well, and people truly light up. And I've seen this a million times. And I know you have too, where when we have that conversation, people get uncomfortable, they say, I can't draw a paint, I say, well, it goes beyond a pencil and a paintbrush is now like my newer slogan. But yeah. I'm like, I can't draw or paint. I went to art school. Like that's not, I'm an art teacher. Like I can do the basics, but it's not my expression. Yeah. And then I say, well, what do you like? What is something that you enjoy doing? And people yeah. are like, oh, well, I'm in business. Well, you're like sculpting ideas all of the time. Right. Like you're using your imagination to come up with a concept. You right. are using your interpersonal Intraper interpersonal skills to communicate with others, to pick words, to have them get a better idea of what you're thinking. You're creating charts, you're doing whatever you need to do. So basically you are creating, you are shaping, you're sculpting, and you are a creative being because of this. And people are like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And then their posture is different. And then right. they're more empowered because they see themselves within the definition and it feels so frigging good. 
Right, because clarity is starting to come into focus. And then yes. they can start to go, well, maybe this is part of my superpower. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's all that. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So as we're getting to the top of the hour, we will move on to the third question and kind of wrap it up with, so why is creativity important? Well, without it, you're not living, right? So if creativity is living to me, then if you don't have creativity, you're literally not living. Um, and, and you see this all the time, right? So just like you just said, somebody lights up. Well, we go through our day-to-day -day motions. There's nothing worse than someone who's doing a career or living and doing a job because sort of society or their parents or whoever sort of put on them that this is what they needed to do to, to conform and make a living and whatever the case is. You know, you'll, you'll hear stories all the time about, oh, I was an accountant, but I always wanted to be a photographer or, what, or whatever those examples are. Um, but, yeah. you know, you've got to be living your passion. And that's really what it comes down to for me. Um, yeah. I guess really in, in the bottom line, what I'm saying is creativity is, is being in touch with your passion. Yeah, yeah. And oh my gosh, this whole your passion conquest maps yeah. people. You need to reach out to Tammy, which she's going to tell you now how to connect with her. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. She, she will help you. She's the guru to help lead the way. Oh, thank you. That's really kind. I, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You can, of course, find me on socials. Uh, I have a, a pretty big following on LinkedIn and I actually have been really quiet on LinkedIn lately. Um, and that you can find me at Tammy L. Collins. You have to use the L because there's a, a Tammy Collins actress um, who will always dominate that that space. <laughs> but, uh, and of course, you know, Facebook, I do quite a bit on Facebook, uh, at, at Tammy, uh, Collins. And, uh, of course my website, which is Tammy L Collins. And we're not going to talk about that today, but my website was actually a beta test that I put up two years ago to test the theory of mine, because I'm all about, uh, simplification and a virtual organic funnel. And uh, I put my website up as a test. So when you go there, all you're going to see is my picture and my calendar to book time with me, mm -hmm. um, which is interesting because that's been an interesting uh, test that I've been running. It's worked so well. I just left it alone. But yeah. And it's been two <laughs> years, you said? Uh, yeah. Uh, like August of uh, 2019, I guess it is. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So two years now. So why mess with something that isn't broke? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I did it as sort of a beta test. I mean, obviously, I, you know, and it's funny because I have other marketers who like argue with me, like, you know, you need to fix your website. I'm like, well, uh, why? <laughs> I have a waiting list. What? Why? Why, why do I need to fix it? Right. <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, okay. You're going to tell me I don't like they can't, they can't right. Say so they can't. So they have predefined boundaries of what they think is the right thing to do and can't open up their mind that, wow, there's another way to do this. And you know, it's just been interesting. So I, I left it alone. I mean, I have some plans and some things I'm going to change eventually, but um, I just, thought, why, why bother? It seems to be working quite well. <laughs> this is, but it's like, that is the perfect example yeah. for this non-traditional path. And That's it's right. your path. What does That's it matter right. again to our daughter going to Costa Rica right. and her plans of what she's doing after? Like, what does it matter to you? Like, right. this is your choice. This is right. your company and you will do it as you see fit. So, right. um, Oh my gosh. So 
final words of wisdom. Do you have anything that you feel like it's coming up that you just want to share? Um, you know, the, the biggest thing is that you have got to find what your passion is. One of the things that I constantly hear from people is I'm stuck. I'm frustrated. I don't, I can't find my passion. I don't know what it is. I, you know, and the problem is, is that they're, they're sort of looking outwardly. There's a process that you can do that takes you inward to figure out what your passion is. And that's what live your passion is all about. Um, and you just, you have to, you have to reach in, you have to find it and you'll know when you find it because it's, it's a, a spark inside of you that suddenly like just ignites. That is the most perfect way to end this on. Oh my gosh, Tammy, <laughs> thank you for spending this hour with us. I'm so grateful. Oh, I love it, Hollis. Thanks for having me on. I love watching you grow. I love watching you blossom. It's just amazing. Oh. You're, you're living your passion. Thank you. I am living my passion and it feels so frigging good. Like as you're talking about that whole going inward and that spark and that feeling, it's like truly being excited to wake up in the morning. Yeah. Instead of that dread. Yep. Of, of that morning dread where you're like, oh, I got to start my day. It's like, ah, and not every day is roses. Not right. every day is like the perfect day, but it's still waking up with the curiosity and the excitement of what the day will bring. Yeah. yeah. And um, just so grateful for it. So you have to check Tammy out and uh, be inspired by her and she will guide you and Ah, this space is all about, it's what it's all about, is it about inspiring, sharing stories and connections. So please like, follow, share, give you a review with the whole algorithm thing. Um, we've always needed this, I believe this space, but um, I think we need it now more than ever with all that's been going on in the world. So, um, mm, so yeah. True. Yeah. So I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, wherever you are in this world and look forward to connecting soon. So goodbye, everybody. Oh, bye. Feeling inspired. There are so many ways to do things for you to get yourself moving, to get your creative juices flowing and to have fun. Check out I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. Go to IamCreativePhilly.com, IamCreativePhilly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com, and check out the experiential kits, check out Creative Shui, which is all about creative inspiration and guidance, and for Express Yourself Publishing, there's so many multi-author book opportunities. So I would love to chat with you so much. Everybody has, everybody's creative. Everybody has a voice, everybody has an expression, and I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for taking this hour to listen to our stories and share the energy, and I wish you a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in this world. Bye, everybody.